People with opposite sexual energy create a powerful, attractive force between them, whereas people with the same energy create either a neutral or a negative attractive force. So basically opposites attract. And the further apart we are in our energy, then the greater the attraction between us. This is episode number 533 with Jillian Harper, the importance of polarity in relationships. I love this topic so much because a lot of people misunderstand what polarity means. People are out there looking for their clones. Oh, I want somebody just like me. And actually that's not a good idea. So we're gonna discuss why that is and what polarity means in just a minute. But before I bring Jillian on, I just want to say hi and welcome back to Last First Date Radio where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date and to support you on your journey to lasting love, whether you're single or even in a relationship. I wrote a book and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's really about building your core confidence in three key areas, show up, stand up, speak up. If you want to know more, get the book and it's available on Amazon for a Kindle or paperback. And every week I bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is love your body. That's step number four, love your body. We are so bad at loving our bodies. Oh my God. When I look back at what I looked like in my twenties, when I didn't think I looked that good, man, I would love to have that body today because it was pretty damn amazing. And I think we we just don't appreciate what we have when we have it. We have so many societal standards that are just so unrealistic for what bodies should look like, especially as women. I think a lot more men will look at themselves in the mirror and they'd be okay with what they see, but we women will just criticize every piece of body that we have, our cellulite, our whatever it is. So my challenge to you today is to find an area of your body that you're not currently so kind to and just be kind. Look at that part of your body. Thank it for helping you in life, for helping you. Like if it's your thighs that you don't like, really be grateful that your thighs are helping propel you forward in life. And and they're a lap to sit on. They're whatever it is. Find the good because we're so bad at looking for what is good and what we're grateful for. And before I bring Jillian on, I just want to encourage anybody who's not yet a member of my wonderful Facebook group, Your Last First Date, to join us there. It is a place of growth, of personal growth. It's unlike any other group that is out there for women who are looking to find their last first date. So join us over there at Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Jillian Harper. She is an author, a speaker, a coach, and an entrepreneur. And she knows that the boundaries that divide our careers and our home life are often blurred. She discovered what she was looking for, the little known law of polarity that brought her life back from the brink. She has made it her mission to share her insights and she continues to work helping other people. Welcome to the podcast, Jillian. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you and to talk about this fabulous topic. So for anybody who does not know what polarity is when it comes to relationships, not just magnets, tell us what is the law of polarity? 
Yeah, so according to the law of polarity, which is one of those natural laws out there, no different than the law of attraction or um, a lot of the other ones that we're very, very familiar with, the law of polarity is kind of one of the lesser known cousins that we don't hear that much about. Uh, but according to it, it basically says that people with opposite sexual energy create a powerful, attractive force between them, whereas people with the same energy create either a neutral or a negative attractive force. So basically opposites attract. And the further apart we are in our energy, then the greater the attraction between us. And so the law of polarity, traditionally you will hear it used um, in the sense of the masculine energy and the feminine energy, uh, but that causes some challenges. So you'll hear me today talk about it in the dragon energy and the tiger energy. So the dragon being that yang energy, our doing energy, our achieving energy, that part of us that craves freedom and release. And then we have our yin energy, our tiger energy, which is also known as that feminine energy, which is craving love and to be seen and love and wanting to really be connected it's our beautiful ethereal wild energy and so the further we can be apart with our partner or our date or whatever it is um, the more space we can create the more kind of passion we can create in that relationship as well i totally love this i like the way that you call it dragon and tiger i think what happens often is that people get into this kind of friend zone relationship you know they they like each other and on paper everything looks great but there's no passion right. um in fact i i had a relationship like that with somebody who was lovely we yeah. got along great we enjoyed the same activities but the sexual energy was just not there at all yeah and so I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have felt that like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I generate sexual energy with this person? They're so lovely. Is it possible to create that when it's not there? Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, also sort of circling back to what you're saying there about the things in common, they're so important too, right? So much of our relationship is um, that that companionship and it's those things in common that really hold us together you know our common values our common interests those things are really really important they're also the things that build just that friendship but we need more than just that you know we need the passion too and so that's where it's the things the places where we're different that create the passion so it's finding that balance to try and have a little bit of both and so whether you're in a new relationship or have been in a really long-term relationship you know there are plenty of places where you sort of start to get so similar. And the pandemic was one, right? We spend so much time, if you're in a relationship or dating, we sort of spend a lot of time with our partners and we end up rubbing up against each other like magnets. And we become so sim similar in our energies from doing so much together that we do, we lose that powerful attraction we once maybe had. You know, sometimes you get that spark right at the very beginning, first date, you can feel it, it's wild, but it doesn't always start like that. Sometimes you start as friends, but there are certainly ways that you can push apart so understanding where your dominant energy is and I use that term a lot uh, in my book um, it's this idea that all of us really do have one energy that we are more comfortable in than the other so according to Taoism it's like 70 30 it's the yin yang symbol right we all have sort of a lot of one energy but a little bit of the other and if we didn't have it we wouldn't be balanced you know if you're all in that dragon energy 
all doing. You'd be very abrasive. It's kind of a lot of those terms you hear like tox toxic masculinity come from a lack of balance. And then again, if you're all in your feminine energy or your yin and your tiger energy, you'd be all um, wild, untethered, you know, there'd be no grounding to you at all. And that'd be very hard to function in society if you're like that. So it's finding that that little bit of balance within yourself, but also understanding where are you deriving your energy? Where's your happy place? Which one do you want to spend most of your time in? And once you have a sense of that, when it comes to dating and creating the passion or even in a long-term relationship, you can learn to lean into that energy more. There's tools that you can use to really let go release surrender into that tiger energy into that pleasure filled ethereal energy and if you're in the dragon being finding ways to ground go deeper so that you can create that space um, to push apart and you might not want to live there all the time like we don't all need like wild passion seven days a week but it may be that you really prioritize doing this on a weekend or on a date night or when you really want to find time to connect and feel that spark, you can start to put in the, that time leading up to that event. Um, and then, you know, go back to being friends, compassion, you know, being companions in life. So it sounds like if there already was a spark and it got lost, it might be easier to really tap back into your energy and kind of amp it up. But what if there never was a spark? What if you're kind of coasting along and you're dating kind of like what I just described? Is it possible to take a relationship where that that passion isn't there and find it? I definitely think there is. Again, it's about, look, I think if you are both in what I call your dominant energy, if you're both in the same energy, right? If the person, say you're a tiger, or you live in your feminine and this person you're with is also that, that's just the dominance of where they're at then I think it's challenging. I'm not sure you can ever really, you know, without a lot, a lot of work, you know, I think it will be hard to create that space. But we do tend to be naturally attracted to our polar opposite in the first place. So it may be it is better just to put that person down as a friend because I think, you know, I think long-term it'll be a lot of you know, a lot of work. Now, maybe it's worth it. Maybe this is a relationship that you really like you enjoy their company so much that you think yeah maybe I can soften into a different space maybe in order to get the spark I'm actually going to go into my opposite energy I'm going to push deeper into a dragon and lead here to try and create some of that sizzle um, that's possible I mean it's super fluid but you know you tend to it may be an uphill battle you know you which you've probably found before right like if you're just not into them and the spark's not there and your energies just aren't polarized you know, it may be best just to put them down into the friendship bucket. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever watched the show Love is Blind on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. So it's fascinating as a person who's a dating and relationship expert to, to look at these relationships as they develop when they can't see each other and then what happens when they actually do see each other. And what I'm finding is that a lot of people say, oh, this is a person that has everything that I always needed, but I wasn't aware because I was always tripped up on looks or, you know, something that was, that was uh, happening in the rest of their lives and, and why they couldn't find love. And so they're falling in love after a week and they, they haven't seen each other and then they get together and the truth is they go right back to their old patterns, most of them. They're back to finding attraction in a person who doesn't have the depth that they say that they need. 
What do you make of all that? Because it's I find it fascinating to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, and it's sort of like no different than I was watching a movie on the weekend on Netflix. There was an online dating one, you know, where they turned up and they'd been catfished and the photo was different. And then they see them and, of course, you know, they they go through the journey and find out at the end that that was who they were after in the all the all the all the time because the looks didn't matter you know I think if you're energetically feeling it you know if you're in that space if you have that polarity like if you're really craving that that depth of the dragon energy um, which is that sort of grounded energy to hold you and all your wildness and that's what you're really looking for and you do meet someone that has that I do think we can definitely go past the looks very much so. I mean, there's just as many examples of that of people who get lost in what they're seeing. You know, I think there's plenty of people that look past it and see the energy beneath and then all of the other commonalities that they have as well. I think it's part of just staying present, keeping that consciousness going deeper, you know, and reminding yourself how you want to feel, you know, what does this relationship feel like? Um, and looking for those things that you want to celebrate, you know, so much of it is how much we frame it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I will just on my mood, I'm with my husband now and we we almost didn't make it and we had to start dating again. And some days I will look at him and just feel repulsion. You know, I'll look at him, I can't see past anything. All I can see is crooked bottom teeth, hairy nipples, he smells a bit weird today, you know, ugh, do not come near me, you know. Um, and that's just so energetic because the same human being on a different day when he has some, done something to support my heart and has done something to feed my energy, I will just look at him and think, my God, I'm so lucky. How did I, how did I have this human being? How do I devour him? You know, like how do I? So, you know, it is, I, I find it interesting. And I think a lot of it says more about where we're at on a given day, you know, going back to that space of why did I feel like that? What was I paying attention to? And I think there's just so much power if we're present, um, but also they've got to bring it. You know, a lot of times it'll be Peter hasn't brought the right energy to me and I'm craving something in that day and in that moment. And he's do, doing something also that maybe it's not me. He's repulsing me in the way he's behaving. So seeing that and going, oh God, he's doing that thing. And that doesn't make me feel safe. And that makes me feel unattracted to him and being able to have that conversation with him, which we do now. Like I can say, Hey, you're really in your tiger. I'm in my tiger. I'm not feeling it. I'm going to need you to go deeper. Like if you want this date night to be successful tonight, I need something different from you today. And we can actually talk about it now, which is really kind of healthy. Um, it's not easy, but like it takes a lot of work, right? <laughs> Do you have you had similar experiences? Do you know what I mean? Like it's a different day, a different energy. And a different, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're talking, I'm thinking about even when uh, a person falls in love and they're looking at somebody with rose colored glasses and that person can do no wrong and then the first time they do feel that the energy shifts this person is no longer as attractive you find all the faults and you're suddenly turned off and you think it's over and i think it's it's really being able to get back to that level not not having those extremes of oh my god this person can do no wrong or this person can do no right but usually people fall in on a continuum. And I love that you can have these conversations because if you can't, then you're not really being honest with each other. You're just kind of faking attraction when you don't have it. And a person can 
shift their energy if you're communicating with them in a positive way, not in a critical way. And so I, I totally see that. Um, and I, I would love for you to get a little deeper into how can people go into their dragon energy and into their tiger energy more deeply? So let's start with the dragon energy. And again, this is not gender specific, right? This is whatever oh. dominant energy somebody has is going Correct. to either be dragon or tiger. Exactly. Uh, and that, and that's why I changed the language around because it really doesn't work for anybody. And we tend we we started when we started to do this work as a couple as well. We started to get really caught up on some of those gender terms too. You know, like no matter how I said it, if I turned to Peter and said, "Oh gosh, you know, you've just been really in your feminine energy all week, and it's just not sexy to me," you know, there was no way of saying that where he didn't get defensive. No, I haven't. I'm not. You know, he's an Australian <laughs> man, so he tends to like, you know, has it <laughs> gets caught up in certain things. So. You know, that was part of it was just removing kind of the poison from it and celebrating it because they're both beautiful energies. They both bring so much to the table. One is not lesser or greater or more powerful. There's so much power in both the masculine and feminine. If we can just learn how to how to um, frame it for ourselves and really celebrate it and lean into it. You know, there is something so powerful about the wild freedom and the open nourishing heart that only the tiger can bring to a relationship. Um, the tiger is so free and that's what the dragon craves. So yeah, to circle back to you, sorry, I digress on myself. Um, but yeah, not, not gendered at all. Um, it's how you're feeling and it's fluid and we both contain both and we can move in and out of it at any given time. And particularly for women, we will tend to move into that dragon energy when we're working and not just working, but also home, homemaking too. You know, people think being a mom is really a very feminine thing. It's actually a lot of like laundry and to do and lists and pick up here and do that there. And like the amount of like uh, tiger energy we use on like just a daily basis as a parent is not that much. It's not as much as you think. Um, so it's about understanding when we're at home, when we're in our happy place, when we're away from work and all the places where society celebrates a certain doing energy, how, we, how do we feel um, and what do we want to go deeper in? So the dragon is, as I mentioned, that doing energy and each energy has like a mantra and the dragon's mantra is, I will be happy when I'm finally free. It's this idea of freedom, you know, free have enough money, free to go surfing, free to go drink with my friends. When I have all this freedom, I'll be happy. Um, and so they really do crave, um, sometimes I call them phantom freedoms. They'll go chasing these things, you know, money, maybe it's uh, sexual freedom, whatever it might be. Um, but really the freedom that they're craving comes from a deep sense of self-respect and also respect from their partner. Like that's where the dragon grows strong. Uh, and so for the dragon to really lean into that energy, it's about doing things that create your grounding, your depth, that take you deeper and, and create a sense of self-respect. And a lot of that comes from aligning your purpose with your mission and then your daily decision-making. This is how the dragon gets strong. So if you can align all of those things, like I'm on my purpose, I know what my life's all about, I am, and it doesn't really matter what it is, right? It could be anything, you know, it could be, I'm going to run a marathon. It could be, I'm going to learn to sew, whatever. Um, there's lots of different life purposes that people can have, but when they make decisions through that fame framework, 
it creates a cadence, a consistency that, that the tiger energy can then trust, but also the dragon can trust in itself. You know, I'm aligning everything. I'm, I am consistent. And that is a beautiful thing. There's depth to that. Um, so that's sort of one of the things I'll say, if you want to go deeper into your dragon, go deeper in being aligned and consistent. And it's so attractive to a tiger. There's nothing better than watching someone do what they say they're going to do and knowing that they're like working towards something bigger than themselves. Like that is, that is catnip to a tiger. <laughs> Does that make sense? The thing that turns me off more than anything is inconsistency and a lack of purpose. And I mean, all these things, they just, somebody says, you're fantastic. I would love to take you out. Let me call you tomorrow never hear from them again. <laughs> you know, all the nice words, none of the action, you're off my list. Bye. I have no patience anymore. I will not even give you a second chance. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just not attractive and it's, it's not good, good integrity. It says it's not a good quality. So wow. yeah, it's really sexy. And I've also seen it in my son, who's 31, who has really stepped into his masculine um, energy, his his dragon energy. And he is very purpose-driven. He is extremely self-respectful. He is a good communicator. He makes great decisions. Mm -hmm. He is very helpful. I mean, what, what he did yesterday, something for me that was just so incredibly kind. I, uh, I had a table, I bought a new table for my dining room and I was trying to get rid of my old table and he listed it on Craigslist. He followed through with the people who said they would buy it. They came from far away, brought a truck. He took the table apart, stayed home. I went out, had fun and he stayed home, helped the person load the truck and got the money, gave it to me. I said, you could take part of this money. He said, no, it's your money. It's your table. I mean, just kindness, kindness, kindness. And it's, it is catnip. If, if I was, <laughs> he's, he's my son, I'm not dating him, but you know, no, it's, that's the, <laughs> that to me is like the kinds of qualities that I would love to find. Yeah. Well, and it's part of too, like to us as a tiger, what we're craving is what they don't realize is if you're not consistent in your decision-making and if you're not in control of your life and you're not on purpose and you're not doing things that are aligning with what you say you're going to do, how can I trust you to love me and not change your mind about me? You can't even change your mind about whether you're calling me tomorrow, let alone being like deep enough and strong enough to handle all of this that I want to give you. Cause I've got, you know, a big heart and a lot of love to give and I need someone that's going to hold that and hold space for me. Um, yeah, no, totally get it. Yeah. And it's the micro moments too. Look, is it great to have someone on a big mission and big purpose? Yeah. But even if it's something small and it's consistent, that's, that's enough to get started. That's enough to keep me interested, you know? Definitely. Um, and then on the flip side, we have this tiger energy, which is our wild already free where the dragon craves freedom. The tiger is freedom. It's untethered. It is the piece of us. Our mantra is, I will be happy when I am truly, deeply loved and seen, as well as, or I have someone to truly see. I want to see all of you and love all of you and give all this love to you. Um, so the, the tiger will sort of run around doing a lot of things to be seen and loved. You know, some of them similar to the faux freedoms, the dragon chases, some of them real. It's like, love me for what I look like. 
love me for my causes, love me for my self-sacrifice, look at all these things I'm doing, see me, love me, um, when really what we need to be doing and to go deeper into our tiger is realising the love already available to us, the self-love, um, and being able to grow strong through letting go, surrendering our decision-making, going deeper into that freedom. I think you called it lean out in your book. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, letting go and, you know, finding that place of surrender where we can also um, find our pleasure. So it's through that pleasure that we learn to become deeper as a, as a tiger and really realise that it's our open heart. And how many times have we heard, oh, I just want you to be happy. You know, there's real truth in that. You know, there's nothing that the dragon craves more than our open heart and our body full of our own pleasure. And I don't just mean sexual pleasure but that is a piece of it uh, it's also just pleasure in um, the daily experiences finding the joy in life and bringing that to the table and instead of always having to do and be and achieve as well that's a part of who we are but you know to go deep into that tiger we've got to learn to let go and be a little free live in that freedom that we all have within us even though we've learned to close up over the years you know every time Someone doesn't follow through, someone doesn't feel safe, we pull back a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, but it's finding a way to, to let go and also letting us be, be loved and be to be led as well. Yeah, it's almost like let go to let love in. Right. Because we tend to guard. I mean, that's what my whole TED talk was about. The guards that I put up to become a Tootsie Pop, which is the hard coating around the mushy inside. And that was the lesson. Those were the lessons I took from heartache were guard your heart more, guard your heart more. And eventually just becoming this shielded, armored woman who attracted somebody with a lot of the tiger energy, <laughs> um, which was not the right energy for me. Right? It can be fun. Hey, if you lean into that dragon and you're in that place for a while, there's, there's a place for that, you know, but if you know, you know, in your ordinary course, you're more of a tiger than, yeah, you'll, but you're right. The, you, you'll find is if you are in that Tootsie Roll energy, if you're putting out that to the universe, if you're in the doing, being, achieving, which by the way, I was, when I first started dating my husband, that was me, you know, in my twenties, I was career focused, achieving. I knew what I wanted to do with my life, decision-making, all that stuff. And that served me. Um, that was the energy I was in. A lot of it was due to some trauma, you know, big, big T, little T, all of it, you know, where I shut down my emotions and it was easier doing than feeling in my twenties. And so that was what I did. And as a result, you know, I started dating Peter, who was this tiger. He had no purpose. He was this super sexy, wild, free surfer, festival going, let's party, you know, and I just loved that. And he loved my groundedness, you know, he, I was an anchor for him where he could follow. But as we grew, we changed. And as he found his dragon and I stayed in mine, we became abrasive. And that was really what um, led to, you know, us ending that marriage we started again but you know we had to end that relationship because that didn't work with us in the same energy um, because you do you just attract something different than what you're craving as you change yeah that's fascinating I think that happens to so many people first of all what you describe in your 20s is a lot of the kind of profile of the people who come to see me 
who are now in their 50s and they're still in that energy and realize that they haven't been able to have the relationship that they wanted. And a lot of it is is by default. I find that we get, we find success as women in the, the doing mm. and we end up taking over more and more of the responsibilities when other people don't step up, we step up more. And I believe, you know, you talked about leaning back. I believe that if you want something to change, you have to shift your energy, just like you're saying. So if you've always been the one to lean in and do everything and plan everything, you're going to get the same results. And if you tell somebody, I love when a man plans. So I'm, I'm a big believer in communicate what you want and see if that person can show up in that way because they don't know, right? They they have no idea that we love that because we've always done that, right? So that's, I mean, that's what I've seen over and over, both in myself and in the women that come to me for support is that we end up in these roles really by default and it's not necessarily our natural tendency and it's not our natural energy. And it sounds like that's kind of what got revealed over time with you is that you you started to step back a little bit and be, and step more into that warmer, more free, wilder part of you that had been maybe suppressed. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely, and I was just burnt out. I was exhausted from living in an energy that wasn't my natural state. Uh, and I lived in that energy because I thought I had to. You know, I was also a workaholic, an executive you know, I was working 80 hours a week and in that doing energy, so that was comfortable and safe. But then when I got home, I wasn't happy. You know, I knew I knew I wanted something different from our relationship, but I also didn't give Peter an opportunity to show me that he could be that. You know, I had played tapes about who he was and what he was about, but I didn't let myself see that he had evolved too. You know, like over those years, he built this successful business. He, you know, had it well within him to be the dragon. He wanted to be the dragon, but I didn't allow space for that. I just kept stepping in and stepping in and doing more. And it was not, not giving me what I needed. What I also did, which was a big mistake, is I ended up having other relationships, not sexual relationships, but other relationships in particularly my workplaces where I would have these these big dragon energy mentors and business partners so that when I was with them, there's, you know, because there's a few different ways we can either soften into our tiger or we can be out dragoned by a deeper dragon, you know? And I think that's what a lot of ends up happening with a lot of women is we end up wanting to date someone that just, okay, I'm not going to shift, but I'm going to find someone even deep, more, more dragon than me. Um, and that sometimes looks like you know, challenging personalities because they're also a little unbalanced, you know, as you start to get really deep dragon energy, which is a whole other set of challenges <laughs> <laughs> that we can talk about maybe on another day. Um, but I did like, so what I found is I found these other relationships outside my marriage that allowed me to soften more, feel safer because they were so strong. But then when I went home, even though Peter was in his dragon, he looked like dragon light compared to these other men who were like really know deep um so it's interesting the way it plays out but then also a few things happened I had my children that took down you know that took off a layer of my dragon scales you know I started to feel more to lean into my nurturing side a little bit more um but then every time 
I would sort of soften. I had to, I had to let go of a lot of armor that was protecting me, you know, and learn to feel it all because it had been a safe, I thought I was safe there. I'd sort of built an enclosure for myself. If I'm in here and I don't feel too much and don't soften too much, but it wasn't serving me. It was just caging me, you know, and the more I let go, the more I allowed that in that softer side of me, the happier I became, the more energy I had. And the more I realized that, you know, I'd been really depriving myself of this part of my happiness for so long for no real reason other than I'd trained myself to do that. And, um, but, you know, there's a lot of judgment. You know, I judged women that were a little softer. I judged women who lived in their tiger. Um, there's a lot of, you know, we do some weird things as women to each other. You know, I'd be yeah. like, oh gosh, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be one of those women. Um, and I had to let all that go and go, no, just be happy. What does it matter? You know, no one's, this is my journey. You know? I don't know. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you, but. Um, oh my God. I, <laughs> I'm like thinking of a million different things as you're talking. In my own life, I, I think that so much of what you say is is so true. I think that I have sought out men who were more more dragony than I was, and <laughs> uh, and they ended up being really toxic relationships. And because they often, like you said, there are other things that come with that kind of personality. And in fact, I'm writing my second TEDx talk right now, and I'm talking about self-absorbed people because so many of the people who are so heavily into that competitiveness and I need to be free, so I'm not going to lock down any relationship and I'm going to be this, you know, studly kind of guy. <laughs> uh, the, these people were, the people that I dated were very jealous of my success. They were really insecure it was all a facade. They really weren't so dragony. They looked like that because they walked around strutting. And really what I'm looking for is a partner, is somebody who I'm going to be able to lean on for advice, for, you know, for support, which um, it, it can be hard to find if you're never really allowing it in. Mm. And when you take that armor down and you start to show vulnerability, it can feel really scary. And we also have been told that strength is success. Strength is not showing all your feelings. Leaders are loud. Leaders are not soft. And it was really shocking to me that I was a leader, <laughs> I have to say. I, I was working with a coach and she said, you're a leader. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm not I'm not the firstborn child, so I can't be a leader. That's number one limiting belief. Number two, I am very soft-spoken, so how can I be a leader? And she's like, you have visions. You you have always been a, a trendsetter. You have always run your own business. Like, you're a leader. And, and so we, until we can really see, like, how do we balance that? How do we step into both sides and be comfortable with who we are it takes a lot to get there. Yeah. But I think when you get there, you just, you, you, you really are like free. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. 
You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. We get trained from a very young age and I have two daughters and so I'm watching myself do it too. We get trained to be dragons because this is the world we live in, right? Achieve, consume, do, purpose, all of that. We're trained from a very young age. Turn off your feelings. They're not conducive to productivity. They get in the way. Um, put them to the side. Feel them later if you have to, but not now because we've got something to do right now. We need to be in school. We need to learn letters. Like we can't feel right now. Um, and so that stays with us. And there's no higher training. When do we get trained to feel, you know, to let go, to realize we're already safe, we can be vulnerable, it's okay, you know. Um, that was one of the, the hardest things for me was like, where's my guidance here? You know, unfortunately, I could find, I found some great resources that helped me through that. Um, but yeah, it's weird. And even when we surrender, it's funny because in business, we use the word delegate a lot. And I found myself initially delegating decision making you know to you know letting peter lead but in like a delegating way which means you still are responsible and accountable for what happens you know and it's really setting him up as a test almost here i'm going to give you a moment to lead what are you capable of can you step into this and i'm watching and i'm paying attention um and we just love to test tigers love to test the dragon it's like our favorite thing to do i'm going to test you are you strong enough um and then what I had to learn to do is, no, don't delegate, surrender. And we hate that word. That sounds like failure. You know, I've surrendered the war. Um, but it, there's so much power in it because if we can let, learn to let go and start small, you know, I started to surrender small things like where we go for dinner. You know, that was a huge argument we would have all the time. What do you want to eat tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat tonight? Oh, I feel like pizza. Oh, I don't have gluten. You know, it's just like constant <laughs> back and forth it was exhausting and it was the same tape we played over and over again and but you know I'd say well you decide but it was a test you know would he remember my dietary requirements or what I had yesterday or what we ate for lunch does he remember I had sushi at lunch because then he wouldn't su choose sushi for dinner you know everything was a test and then just go this is so this is so silly and it's not serving any purpose and the more I could just go it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because what matters right now is me being able to relax and just find my joy and my pleasure. And my pleasure is in the connection and having time together. And what we eat just doesn't matter, you know, but it takes a lot. Like it's, I mean, that's such a silly little example, but I mean, no, I know it's not, <laughs> it's not at all. I think even, you know, I was on a walk yesterday with a friend and she said, is this okay where we're walking? And I said, you know, I, care more about the conversation we're having and the fact that we're moving than where we're going. And so we could walk around in circles. It's beautiful where we are. I don't care. And it's really, I think for me, it's, it's about prioritizing, like you said, what's really important. And when you, when I think of surrender, I think of surrendering control. I think when we feel we're in control, then we feel empowered and we don't feel weak. And when we can surrender control, 
it's relaxing. It's freeing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm feeling it in my body now, just even saying it. I literally say the word surrender now. And like, I, I, I take a breath and my whole nervous system relaxes. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm holding on to so much in the moment. And you don't even realize it. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So much is just, it, it's not even going to be remembered in a day. Like so much of what we hold on to as so important in the moment even with our children, you know, I think about some of what you're saying in application to children and raising children who are competent adults has a lot to do with letting go and not trying to control the outcome. And really, I have three kids and they're all grown and I have some grandkids now and I'm trying to really create a beautiful uh, experience with them and really tune into their feelings, especially my granddaughters uh, who are just such beautiful little beings and they're just developing all these, all of these parts of themselves. But when we can allow our children to have the skills that they need and then figure it out for themselves, like take chances, fall down, feel what it feels like to not get it perfect, whatever we consider perfect, being able to see what is really important in life and mm -hmm also hold them accountable, you know, and I, I think that those things apply in our romantic relationships in our work relationships, in all of our relationships. Absolutely. You know, I had to learn it too, even with my extended family, with my parents and um, in the workplace, the same thing, just being able to celebrate where you're energized and not contort yourself into a space, you know, so much of the time we, we walk back into an old familiar environment and we just regress you know, all this work gets undone and it's being conscious enough to go, no, this is my happy place. This is my priority and bringing that into all those places in our life. Yeah, to your point, not just in our romantic relationships, but it's that mindfulness and being conscious enough to pay attention. And, uh, you know, I think the great thing is just having these conversations, your listeners just thinking about it, that's half the work. You know, just even asking the question, you're halfway there. You know, that's yeah. the great thing. It doesn't have to be as hard as we make things very complicated for ourselves, particularly anyone in that tiger energy. And that is a lot of women tend to be in that space, but we complicate everything. We complicate our pleasure. You know, like I'll say to people, I'll have clients and I'll say, talk to me about what brings you pleasure, what brings you happiness. And they'll be like, well, you know, I'll be happy when well, I've got these three projects and oh, my closets need to be cleaned out and my wardrobe needs an upgrade and I've got to do these things. And, you know, I'll be happy when I finally finish that French course, you know, and you go, oh gosh, why are we complicating everything? Right. I'll be happy with a cup of coffee, you know, and <laughs> the smell of it. Isn't that enough? You know, it really uh, is when we break it down and just having these conversations, it's so powerful. I think we collectively can make a big impact, um, you know, in the world just to, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, my greatest pleasure in the morning when I wake up is that my coffee is automatically made for me and I <laughs> smell it before I get out of bed. I make it and I sit down on the couch and just luxuriate in that first cup of coffee. And I was talking to somebody the other day, we went out to lunch and the food was really just delicious. It was simple and delicious. And she said, this was probably the most delicious thing I've eaten in a long time. I don't eat delicious food most of the time. And I said, 
why? And she said, because I'm afraid I won't stop eating. So I don't eat delicious food. And I was just thinking about what torture that must be, because I don't want to eat anything that's not delicious. <laughs> I just want to have pleasure in conversations, in my friendships, in the things that I do and the things that I see, all the choices. I mean, we really, we really can increase the pleasure that we feel, the the joy that we have. It's so much of an inside job mm -hmm. and not to feel that we are prisoners in our lives, that we have to abide by certain rules of engagement and ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so Jillian, uh, this is just, we could go on and on. I mean, I, I love this conversation. I hope that our listeners are getting some ideas and thoughts in their heads about which energy they are uh, more dominant and and if they want to increase an one of the energies the dragon or the tiger and how to go deeper i would love to know what your final words of advice are for anybody who wants to go on their last first date i think the great place to start is just doing the doing your own personal work first before you even go on the date take that time to think about what you're craving you know, where your energy is, what is your dominance 70% of the time, right? In your happy place at home, what are you craving? You know, think about, are you craving connection? Are you seeking out love? Is that something that's your top priority? Or are you in that dragon space? Are you craving freedom and release and purpose and respect? And then honor that, be true to that. Lean into that, perhaps on that first date as you go into it. And if you are in the tiger energy, practice it. When you do go on the date, go, I'm going to, I'm going to surrender this date. I want you to do everything for me. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable at first, but you know, let them order your meal. Just, just let go and just enjoy yourself and be there for the connection. Uh, and then again, if you're the dragon, try, you know, practice leading, practice making decisions, no matter how small. Um, but I think whatever it is, and we've talked about a lot today, but the main thing is just, take the time to think about it and be conscious. And if you can be much clearer about what you are craving and what's going to bring you happiness and passion and bring that with you, I think that's your, as I said, you're halfway there. If you can bring that to the table um, and just keep working on it. I love that. The, the, the level of consciousness and awareness is so connected to the success you have out there in the world, whether it's dating or improving the relationship you already have. This is such important work. Um, Jillian, tell us where people can find you. Absolutely. Yes, please. So on my website, I have a book that I have just released called Feed the Tiger, Free the Dragon. Uh, and if this is right up your alley, what you've been talking about today, that's what the book's about. It's really my journey through this topic and some great tools in there. So uh, you can get a copy on Amazon or anywhere where books are sold. Uh, my website is jillianharper.co. And you can also find me on social media, uh, underscore Jillian underscore Harper. Awesome. So that's on Twitter and Instagram at those two, the same, the same handle. And on Facebook, you're at Jillian Harper author, correct? Thank you. Yeah, perfect. Okay. I'm glad you said an American that. accent because I say Harper and people don't know what I'm saying. So Harper. <laughs> right. They're thinking it's H-O-P-P-E-R. It's H-A-R-P-E-R. And Jillian is with a G, not a J, just 
because you can't see, you can only hear the way she's spelling her name. Um, thank you so much, Jillian. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I, I appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. Likewise, thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please, please rate, review, subscribe, hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts. It all helps our show continue to grow and reach more people. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.